We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to the Transformative Principal. I am continuing my interview with Mark Sheverton today, and he's going to talk about why we should have kids self-publish and how to do that, why it's so easy, and then just some really great information about how to get kids to start writing real content that means a lot to them. So thanks so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Please feel free to share this with other principals who you would like to learn the great things that you're learning. So let's talk a little bit about the self-publishing aspect and mm-hmm. and why is that so powerful for kids to be able to do? And why are you encouraging kids to start self-publishing things? Well, it it really came from my wife who works at a local liberal arts college. She She took my book to school and put it in her office and somebody saw it. And they were stunned to see that there was an ISBN number on the back of the book, which meant that you're actually published, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are shocked by that, that that's being published is a big hurdle and a lot of people start a book and not a lot of people finish a book. And and you know what I mean, right? Because you've done that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's really easy to start a book. And I have a number of books I've started that I've never finished, that I had ideas for books and I started going and the idea just kind of fizzled out and I knew this was going to be a dud. And so I stopped and I started on something else. And for a kid to be able to point to Amazon of all things and say, oh yeah, my book's on Amazon, go look it up. You know, what a fantastic ego boost that must be for that kid. That that incredible confidence that that would build to be able to say he's an Amazon 
self-published author and to be able to have people order his book and read it. You know, they're, they're going to get some reviews. I bet some of them are going to be kind of tough. And there's going to be a, a learning opportunity there for their parents. There's going to be a teaching opportunity to say not everything that people say is necessarily important and you shouldn't really listen to it all. But, you know, it's, I, I see these kids when they finally get self-published, they'll send me an email and they're so excited. And then I'll ask them to tweet something to me and they'll tweet something. And they're just so ecstatic about having their book on, on Amazon that you can just see the pride in their writing. And then I get a note from the parents and the parents are so happy because their child is so excited about this. And one kid, he has two books on there now and he's <laughs> 10. No, I think he's nine. His name is Elijah. I don't remember his last name, but he's got two books on Amazon. Well, wow. uh, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's the, the thing that people don't understand is self-publishing on Amazon, on Amazon anyways, and in Barnes and Noble is really, really easy to do, and it costs you nothing. So if you want to self-publish a print book, any of the kids in your school could do it, and they load the PDF of their document onto Amazon, and then you load your cover art, or you use Amazon's cover art tool to make your own cover, and then you just hit publish, and it's done. And Amazon does the shipping, Amazon does the printing, Amazon does everything, and Amazon takes a piece of the profits too. But it's really easy to do. It's painfully simple to do. And that's what I'm trying to get a lot of kids to understand and for them to talk to their parents and say, I want to self-publish my thing on the Amazon. Because that's something that's going to stick with the kid for a long time. Yeah. And what's so amazing about it is that when writing anything is difficult for most people and yeah. writing something and then revising it and then getting it to a point where it's actually publishable, where you can say, yes, I'm proud enough of this that I want other people to read it. That is a really big deal. And then actually having that in your hand and saying, this is a book that anybody in the world could buy is, is really powerful. Yeah. Now this couldn't have been done as easily or as cheaply even five years ago or 10 years ago, and certainly not 20 or 30 years ago. So how does this change things for kids now where they're able to, to self publish at, at such a young age? Well, when I started writing and I started reading about how to get published, what I learned was it's almost impossible. Even if you write an awesome book, if you've never been published, it's almost impossible. Nobody's going to take a chance on an unpublished person, even if you're our age and we look like we're respectable professionals. Nobody's going to look at your book unless you have some hook in it. You're a famous person or, you know, some, yeah. some, something happened that made you get in the limelight. And so for kids, there is no chance that a kid can write their story and send it to my publisher and they're going to publish it. Not because my publishers mean, but these kids are probably not writing stories that are going to be commercially successful on the bookshelf in Barnes and Noble. And the publisher has to look at what's going to be successful because they, the publisher, the way they do it is they pay for the printing of all the books and they might print 20,000 of your books. And if they don't sell them, they eat the cost of that. And they don't like eating the cost of that. No, they don't. So they only will publish things that they think will move on the bookshelves. And so- Going to self-published situation where Amazon prints only what's ordered, this makes it, it, it opens up the whole market and it's actually changed the whole publishing industry. 
so that now anybody can put their work up there. Sometimes it's not so good and it's still up on Amazon. And now the consumer has to be wary of what they're going to buy. But it certainly makes it attainable for everyone. Where before, if you weren't James Patterson or Michael Crichton, you had a hard time getting into the market. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about what that kid is going to be able to do when they are 15 or 16 or 20 years old or 30 years old, having that history of of actually publishing something just sounds amazing for that that student's life. And can you imagine him going to a college interview and they say, tell me something interesting about you? Okay, I published my first book when I was nine, (laughs) right? Yeah. Wow. That's going to get people's attention. Yeah. And I want to major in English and I I have more books published than Than your professors do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to get some attention. And you know, what, what, what I learned from my experience with writing was, and what I tell these kids is the more you write, the better you write. And when I go to writers conferences, because I'm always looking to sharpen my skills. And so I want to hear from other authors and I want to get a couple of little tidbits of wisdom from other people. I see a lot of 20 year olds, 20 somethings that want to get published and they've written one book and they're trying to get that one book published. And if it's not published, they're going to give up is what they say. And the fact is the first book that you write is probably terrible. And the second book is probably terrible. And the third book's probably terrible. And I, I think it was James Patterson who said, you don't really start to understand how to write until you've written a million words, and then you start to get it. And you got to write those first four or five failures before you can start to understand really what story structure is. So that's that's great that you can do this and get them up there on Amazon and feel good about that, but start writing the next book and then start writing the next one. And they're naturally going to become better writers. They can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get worse when you're writing again and yeah. again and again. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a good can't. that's a good takeaway here. And I I wonder what the linkage is to reading. Are kids that write are they better readers? I've been recently curious about that. You know, I would think that they would have to be if not better readers, certainly more critical or discerning readers because they're actually understanding how they would write that kind of story. Yeah. I, I imagine that, that that happens to you all the time as you're reading now that, oh, this isn't really, this book isn't really getting me because X, Y, or Z wasn't followed. Because they didn't do the do the hook right or their first plot point didn't work. And yeah, that absolutely happens to me. And I find I put down more books now than I normally would have because mm-hmm. I don't want to waste time reading a, a bad book. I want to read something good. Yeah. Fascinating. Have any of the stories that kids have have sent you, have any of their characters made it into your books as kind of like a, hey, good job on that story. Now it's going to be part of Game Night 999's experience. So I get asked that a lot by kids. And in my first book, I put my nephews in, they had Minecraft names. I put a couple of kids in and it turned out about every third book, I'd have something where other users would be in the book. And I try to put kids' names in there that were really active in in sending me stories. But I was told by the lawyers, you got to change the name enough so it's different because who knows what the rules are? Who, who owns that Minecraft account name? We don't know. You don't really want to find out. So, no. <laughs> so I, I kind of say if the guy's name is 
you know, sword ninja, I might make it, you know, blade ninja or something. Uh, I stick them in there here and there, but then I started getting so many requests that I had to stop because I felt bad saying yes to some kids and no to others without any good reason. Yeah. So I haven't done it for, for quite a while. So speaking of lawyers and legal issues, your book says across the top that it's an unofficial novel. Can you talk a little bit about how you navigate writing books about Minecraft, which is something that, that you don't own? How does that work? So being a physicist, I knew nothing about publishing or copyright or trademark or anything. So when I wrote my first book, I looked online and there were a lot of self-published books on Amazon that were how-to manuals, how to craft armor, how to make a neat looking castle, you know, and there was only one other novel on Amazon at the time. And so I figured, well, there's a lot of books here. Most of them are not from publishers they're from self-published people. So I just went ahead and did it. And then I learned that there's rules around how you can use the Minecraft trademark and Minecraft has very specific language you have to put in the book. And you have to be very clear that this is an unofficial thing. It is not sanctioned by Minecraft because they don't want somebody writing a Texas chainsaw massacre in Minecraft and have kids read that, right? Yeah. So they want to protect their brand. And so rather than give anyone, I I assume this is the reason, rather than give anyone permission to write fiction, they're they're putting everyone on notice and say, none of you are official. None of you have our permission. And the implication is we can stomp on you at any time we want. And so you better treat this nicely. Mm -hmm. So I just went ahead and published because I didn't know any better. And then I spoke to a lawyer and they said, "Um, yeah, that probably wasn't the best thing you could have (laughs) done. But let's look at the guidelines. And here it says you need to put this about who owns the trademark on Minecraft. You need to stick that in there and you need to put a clause saying this is not an official book. And then the publishers have gone out of their way to make it very clear that this is not an official book because they want to respect the terms and conditions that Minecraft have for using their brand. And so they put all of that verbiage on the cover there just to make sure it's crystal clear. Some of the books that are on Amazon, they don't do that. Some of the self-published books, they're kind of out in the Wild West there and they're not putting any verbiage on there saying whether they're official or not. But there's a lot of book on it, books on Amazon now. And I think all of these books are really helping Minecraft to get further into the gaming community. So it's probably helping them. So teachers are acutely aware of copyright and, and trademark. And we know that we can't cross that line. We don't know the details, but we know that like you just got to be careful. And we can do a lot of things for, with educational fair use, but, but certainly a kid publishing a book. What advice do you have for for kids who may want to write not just about Minecraft but about something else that they're passionate about, you know, fan fiction kind of things, Pokémon or something or Pokémon or Harry Potter or whatever. Well, certainly the easy way to be safe is don't charge money because if you're doing fan fiction and you're not profiting commercially, then I think that reduces the potential for litigation. Mm-hmm. I was given the advice of reading the fair use clause in the copyright law. Yep. And I started reading that and I said, okay, it was clear I needed a lawyer to really understand this. And I hired a lawyer and they went through and explained what this meant to me. 
And now in hindsight, I think I probably could have figured it out, but I don't want to get sued. So I made yeah. sure I spoke to a lawyer to understand it. If you're selling a million books, if you're James Patterson, I bet people are going to notice. If you're a nine-year-old, like some of the, the kids that I've been talking with that publish their own books, I don't imagine that anybody is concerned because those books are really representing the game well. And if you were to read their book, you're probably going to have a better appreciation for the game and it's probably going to help sales and not hurt sales. And that's certainly what everyone's afraid of is what does it do to game sales, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That being said, if I wrote this book and it was about Disney instead of Minecraft and I thought I was helping out Disney, I would bet they would have crushed me like a little bug because Disney is very litigious and they're very careful about protecting their brand. And so they probably wouldn't care if I was doing a good job or not. They would say, don't do it. Yeah. So as a principal, I have kids in my school that have some talent. What would you suggest would be a good way to get them started going down this path of, of self, self-publishing and becoming writers? There's a book that I found that's called Spilling Ink. And it is a book that's like all of these other books on plot and character and setting and everything that I've read, but it's written for kids. And the person that wrote this book is a pantser. They're not a plotter, which is unfortunate. So in their section on plot, they say, oh, just write and explore and just see where the character takes you. And that just drives me crazy now. But it's a great book for kids to learn some of the mechanics of writing. And they can see what this author, I have no idea what her name is. It's a bright yellow book. Ellen Potter. And I've had a number of kids buy it on my recommendation and say they like it. It teaches some of the science of writing and some of the mechanics of designing a book and and writing a novel. And I think having that kind of structure to it or looking at my writing tutorials, you know, getting some structure to your writing really helps. And the first volley, if it were me and I were nine, I think my first shot at it would be on Wattpad to put it out there and see how people respond. Maybe there's so many books on Wattpad, you don't get any response. I don't know. But I think I'd start there. And I think a kid would feel really happy about being able to go to Wattpad and point to their story there. And that's a really low barrier to entry because you don't need an Amazon account. And with an Amazon account, you have to give a credit card number, right? Yep. And here you can just create your own Wattpad account with an email address and upload your story there and see if anyone sees it. So coming up in November is the National Novel Writing Month. Would that be a a good time to start getting kids engaged? Or is that kind of a made up thing that that some people could do, but what are your what are your thoughts on something like that? I don't know. Is it is is that when they do the NIMO thing? Yeah, Nano Rimo. Yeah, Nano. Yeah, I think that would be a great thing to get kids involved with because that adds structure to the writing time, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, one of the challenges with finishing a book is it's easy to put it off. And if you're doing it, you're doing the NaNoWriMo. Is that what it is? NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. If, if you're doing the, 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 the NaNoWriMo, well, you have a target date on when you want to be complete, right? That's right. And target dates have a way of being motivating because maybe you don't want to miss, especially for me when my editor's calling saying, how are we doing? <laughs> but that would be a great time to, I think, to get kids going. I think- the, the ideal case is through October, you start talking about story structure 
and plot construction and character development and mm-hmm. some of the things that you want to stick in a story. That's hard to do, but if you don't start thinking about it, you'll never do it. Yeah. Okay. And maybe being like a that's that's the training time for the Olympic athlete is October and then November is when you you jump off the blocks and you start writing. Yeah. I I think that's a that's a good idea. So our time is uh, is about up here, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for yeah, me too. taking the time to chat with me. What's like one last piece of advice that you want to give to all the principals who are, are uh, aspiring principals who are listening to this? I, I think the piece of advice is we need to create a place, not really a place, but a, a way for kids to write what they want to write. My son likes to write. He had a hard time writing an essay about Call of the Wild. Because there's things in there he had to write. He could be right. He could be wrong. He was afraid of failure. And when you're in a situation where you can write your own topic about your own thing that you already feel like you're a content expert at, and that's what Minecraft does for kids, that when you're in that situation where you feel like the content expert, it lowers that huge barrier of fear that can keep people from writing. So if you can figure out that, how can you create an environment where kids can write what they want to write about, still in a structured way, but giving them some freedom to choose, I think is critical. Yeah, and and that is great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. And something that I hope people heard throughout the conversation, how valuable that can be for someone to be able to write about what they care about. And really, that's what you know, got you doing this. And I just think that is so powerful. Yep. So people can go to your website, com. They can also follow you on Twitter at Mark C underscore author, right? Yep. Okay. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. And it was awesome to uh, hear more about your story and learn some of your uh, good advice for writing books. Um, I've already got uh, the two books you recommended in uh in my shopping cart and Amazon. So I will be buying those as well. So thanks for your recommendation. Well, thank you very much. This was a pleasure being here. So that was a great interview. Second part with uh, Mark Sheverton, MarkSheverton.com is his website. And also he shared with me afterward, the Minecraft for teachers.com, which if you're interested at all in doing Minecraft with your students, which admittedly we didn't talk much about because we're really focusing on the writing aspect here today, please uh, check out minecraftforteachers.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. And that there's a ton of great stuff that he's doing on there. And uh, he told me the partner that he's working with, Mark Grundle, that I'm going to hopefully get on the podcast as well and get a little bit more information about that minecraftforteachers.com site and how you could use that in your school. Thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. I'm really excited uh, about the great reception and how things are really building up in the new school year. So please share this with your other principal friends and aspiring principals so that we can help get this great information out to as many people as possible. One way you can help do that is by going to iTunes and leaving a review about this or Stitcher or the Google Play Music Store for podcasts. Any one of those places, leaving reviews and comments will definitely help. And thank you so much for spreading the word and for your support. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network.
podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.